0: Come on, let's use this time. Let's stay standing and ask God to prepare our hearts. God, we thank You that Your Word is a seed that gets planted and the soil is our hearts. And You are the one who can take our heart that's hard, a heart of stone, and make it a heart of flesh, God. So if there's anything hard in our hearts, will You soften our hearts right now so that the, Your Word can be planted deep into it. I pray that we'll not only be hearers of Your Word, but we'll also be doers of it, God, um, so it can produce a harvest down life. God, we position ourselves now by submitting to you. We want to do your will. This is our desire. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray to protection around us and our children. We pray that in this hedge of protection, you'd minister to us, bring freedom, bring healing, direct us and provide for us. Whatever needs there are in the room and in our family's lives, will you do the miracles? And I also pray that you would draw anyone who's without hope, they're not in relation with you, to yourself right now knock on the door of their heart. So, they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior in Jesus' name. And everyone believed it said, Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to be in the house. And for our first time guests, we want to welcome you. Uh, My name is Andre. Super stoked that you guys can be with us. We are doing our second week of our Better Together series. And Dieter would have preached this morning. Who got to hear Dieter this morning? I heard it was fire. Guys, okay, so it wasn't fire. Was, that was fake advertising on Facebook. But I saw a lot of people write it was fire. One guy said, I've never slept that well during a service. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. No, only joking. I actually introduced a friend once. Like I, he came to speak and, I, and his wife was with him. And I said, you know, this guy's helped me so much. At one point, I wasn't sleeping. I listened to his messages. I had the best night's sleep ever. He, his wife was angry. Anyway, and I called him up. But listen, you need to have some fun. Um, but I know Deets' message was fire and the worship this tonight was incredible. Thank you to the worship team um, across the morning. Just always just want to honor our production, our worship team, everyone. They come early. They prepare for us to actually easily enter into God's presence. Come on. Wasn't that awesome to worship like that? And that's because we've got people, production, worship team who get you early and they prepare so we can worship. So we really appreciate just everything you guys do and all of our dream teamers. We, we can't do this without you. Uh, there's so much power in relationship, and you and I were actually designed for relationship. Uh, we live in a world right now that, that has more lonely people, uh, more sad people, more people who are um, really struggling with anxiety. Some people have lived in sadness for so long, in isolation for so long that they've even got depressed, and I've no doubt it's the plan of the enemy for us to be isolated. Anyone agree? Of course, if you're isolated, you easy pray for the enemy. But if you're united, you can stand, you're stronger, and you really experience a power and the benefit of relationship. Relationships are the currency of God's kingdom. And even as you have a relationship with God, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to your life, and you end up having fruits of the Spirit patience, love, kindness. And even to practice the fruits of the Spirit or to see that they're actually in your life, it's going to come through relationship, interactions. You can be patient with your goldfish and love your goldfish, but it's until you actually meet some other human beings that you actually know if the fruit is really there. So, so we see that it's all about relationship. Of course, the first time God's actually negative in the Bible, and what I mean by that is He actually says, it's not good, that's not good. It's in Genesis 2 verse 18. The Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will, make, um, I will make a helper suitable for him. And God would have gone in to say, you will never walk alone. Anyway, you know what I mean? Any Liverpool supporters? I think he would have gone down there if we got the full verse. But now we know why Liverpool's the most godly team on the planet. Anyway. But the relationships you build in life will determine what you and I build in this life. You... I'm always praying for my daughters that they have friends to their destiny. Because you must understand, you can also have friends to your destruction. And if you look at your friendship circles currently, the hardest um, truth about your friendship circle is you will become like those people you spend the most time with. If you do not want to be like your friends, you better change your friends as you will end up heading down the same road as their life's heading. They're either friends to your destiny or friends to your dis- destruction. So yes, the, the relationships you build will determine what you build in life, but the relationships you build can also determine what you break in life. You know, I've seen um, some uh, married couples get into friendship groups that seem so vibrant. They're perfect for social media, but it's totally led to their marriage's destruction. Um, and, and all of us need to be very aware that just because you've got friends doesn't mean you've got a future your friends, if they're healthy, then it means you've got a great future. Of course, we see the currency of relationship in the kingdom of God is also, it starts off with your relationship with God. Um, We see as we come into relationship with God um, and we receive forgiveness from Jesus, uh, as we call in his name and receive the free gift of salvation, this relationship makes us spiritually alive. All of a sudden, we're not living a temporary life. Now we're Living for eternity, and it all starts with the relationship. Daniel 11, verse 32 says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Again, it's a relationship that leads to strength and great exploits, and of course, it's the greatest relationship your relationship with God. Of course, we can leave that scripture up. We always say to you, church, we want you to know God, we don't want you just to know about God, it can't always be connected to somebody else's revelation. Or somebody else's relationship with God. And those are good. That's why we got view groups and we got mentoring. But there needs to be a point where it is your relationship with God. Because that scripture says, those people who know their God, they know God personally will be strong and do great exploits. And Daniel was in exile and he was favoured. He was strong and did great things. Even in a hard season, Joseph was in prison and he still rose to the top. Cream always rises to the top. How much more? When you're in a relationship with God. So we see that we are going to have a relationship with people. But the most important one is our relationship with God. Rehoboam was the son of a king. If you read up about Rehoboam, he was actually a very talented guy. And his talent would have positioned him well to be the next king. He does become the next king. His father's advisors come around him giving great advice. Then he has his young friends, who also are in his advisory circle. He actually keeps his father's advisors away in one room, and his own new his friendship circle in another room. He ends up following the advice of his inexperienced friends, and all of a sudden, a talented man's destiny is shortened and comes to a negative end. And just because you're talented, just because you're number one in your team. I want let you know the wrong people around you would cause your talent to be blown away like wind. So don't think that talent is enough. You need to make sure you've got a relation with God. You've got the right friends around you. You need to have some character, integrity, fruits of the Spirit. And that added to the talent. Just you must remember, it's character. Talent gets you in the game. But character keeps you in the game long enough to get a win. A lot of people don't realise you only form character in relationships. You you can learn how to play guitar all by yourself in your bedroom, but you can only learn to have character when you have a relationship with other people, and when you start to work with healthy people. So you and I need to be people who actually pursue healthy relationships. And there's huge benefits. The Bible says two are better than one. It says. That in the partnership, there's great reward. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Of course, you see in the Bible, it says one can chase, one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. We, we see right throughout Scripture, there's a greater reward and there's a greater momentum in healthy partnership. God not only rewards it, He actually says, you know what, you can add up, as one, God can multiply as two, you know what I mean? Uh, wh- what you can do as one, God can touch and and do exceedingly abundantly above what you can hope, dream, or imagine. But it's all about getting into healthier relationship and partnership. I know Zig Ziglar and Phil Pringle have used this story and should be many other people, but but they point out that there's a specific horse that can put a th- pull a thousand pounds, th- sorry, a thousand five hundred pounds. And you'd think if you put another of that same kind of horse next to it, they would pull 3,000 pounds. No, that's not correct. They end up putting, pulling 4,500 pounds. There's the strength that comes when you find the right relationships. And you can do so much more in healthy relationships. But by yourself, you can go so far. to uh, See, by myself, I can reach this far, and I can try to reach out into Zambia, and I can't. But together, we've reached out into Zambia over many years and seen thousands of people change. Even where the church sees over 10,000 people come a week, and that's because we linked hands. Um, and we're still doing that. In the city, we're linking hands. We realize there's power in relationships. And, and God's actually created an environment for us to have relationship. You might say, well, what is that place? Well, it's the church. See, once you give your life to Jesus— you become a child of God. That's what Scripture says, and you can find that. I'm not going to put the Scriptures up, but you can find in John, 12, sorry, John 1, verse 12 and Ephesians 1, verse 5. If you're taking notes, I don't know if you guys know, people who take notes have a better chance of getting to heaven. You don't want to take that chance. As you get to heaven, they say, where are your notes, bro? Anyway, so it's in one, John 1, verse 12 and Ephesians 1, verse 5. So God, you get saved, and you become a child of God. The, the next thing, God calls His children the church. So, so we see, if you get to receive Jesus, you become a child of God, and then God calls us the church, His children. That's in 1 Timothy 3, verse 5. Sorry, 3, verse 15. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. And what we learn from this is we get saved, we become His children, and then He calls us His church. And because we're His children, and the church is made up of His children, we see that the church is not an institution or an organisation. The church is actually a family. We are children of God. We're actually brothers and sisters. You can look along your row and say, hey, we got the same dad. We're different, but there's something that makes us exactly the same. And that's the powerful thing about the church. God wants to break your mindset. We can come together, cultures, tribes, tongue. And that's what it says, heaven. Um, heaven's going to be every tribe, every tongue worshipping together. That's why I always say South Africa is such a beautiful place. doesn't it look a bit like heaven. But, and why don't we actually start to have a bit of heaven on earth before we get there? But, but we become God's children. And because of His Spirit in us, because He's our Father, we are now brothers and sisters. You're going to have an earthly family and you need to value it. But your church family is your spiritual one, and that's an eternal family. And there's also, you see the great value in it. So we also understand that, that God desires that we are now knit together as brothers and sisters in His church. He doesn't want you just to believe, hey, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He wants you to belong. And what I mean by that, He wants you to make effort because now we are part of the same family. We eat together. We do life together. We serve the purpose of God together. We reach together. We link hands and stretch further than we could ever stretch or reach by ourselves. But we understand why do we do this? Because God has now said we are family. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Not a building, not an organization, not an institution. It's a people. We are the church. So we see that God's created this environment for us to have relationship. It's His ordained plan. And, and so because of it, we actually start to see the value of church. We don't just see it as a building. We don't just see it as a meeting place. We don't tick the box. We see it as our family. We see it as the place God's called us together in. Why is the church the most important group on earth? You might think that's quite an arrogant statement. In the world we're living in, people would think that's arrogant. But, but let me tell you quickly why the church is the most important group on earth. Number one, it's God's family. 1 Peter 1 verse 3, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. i pointed out. You are now members of God's own family. The second thing, it's the reason God created the universe. And I need you to listen to this because you might not actually be aware of it. But one, Ephesians 1 verse 4, long ago, Even before He made the world, God chose us to be His very own through what Christ would do for us. What did Christ do for us? Paid the price for our sins. He died on the cross and we became the children of God. And He called us the church. So before God made the world, He already chose us. So everything else that's been created has been on the back end of His heart to have a family. So it's all been created for us. But don't get distracted by the temporary. Keep focused on the original plan. Don't neglect the original intent of God was to have a family. And we have the privilege of being part of His family. God is using the church for eternal purposes. So so when we come here, the temporary life could knock you about, could stress you out. But you get to build something that will last forever in heaven. You get to be part of a church family that is making an eternal difference. You don't have to store up your treasures here on earth where moth and rust can take hold of it. You can store up your treasures in heaven or getting involved in a church family. It's the only group on earth that's big enough to solve global problems. You say, how does that happen? Well, we have a branch in every corner that's the church is is over I think in 218 there was 2.2 billion Christians in the world and it's grown imagine every Christian rises up and says I'm going to make a difference for God's kingdom we can eradicate global issues in a second that's the power of the church Ephesians 3 verse 20 says by his mighty work at work within us God is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare or ask or hope of course we see the value of the church Jesus laid his life down for the church. You want to know the value of anything? Look at the price people are willing to pay for it. Jesus paid for the church with his life. We should never look at the church as just another, um, another you know what I mean? It's just another group. No, this is the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5 verse 25, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride in all the beauty. He died so that the church could be pure and without fault. I want to remind you that Jesus paid a high price for His church. You see that, hey? He made the church. As Christians, if we see a church struggling, you know what our role is? To pray for the church, not to skinner about the church. The only person who's happy when you skinner about a church is the devil. The only person who's happy when you speak badly about another church. The, and and we should trust that every church in our community gets stronger, healthier. If churches go through issues, pray that they get stronger, that they they get accountability and that they rise up and flourish again that the, the the buildings full, the car box full. Not that it's a building because when the buildings full, the car box full it means people are coming, people are getting saved, the church is getting We if we get big and other churches don't grow, it's not it's, we are losing. You know said. South Africa will change as the churches in every community and every city grow. That's the goal. We should be stirred up. We should be driving past churches. Bless that church. Grow that church. If somebody comes here, I'll go to that church. Awesome. I'm so glad. Don't say, "Hey, why don't you rather come to ours?" know don't. Just stay in your plot. Build the church you're in. Carry on going. Reach your friends. Every church needs to grow. Jesus laid his life down for the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Uh, So when you speak badly about another church, you're speaking about God's bride. If you spoke about my bride, I would be a bit upset. Pretty uh, next level upset. What do you think God feels when we think somehow as his children, we can just speak down other, oh, did you see what they did? Yes, churches make mistakes. You know, the rule is if you find a perfect church, don't go. You're going to spoil it. Anyway, because you're not perfect. That's the, the crazy thing is the church of Jesus Christ is made up of imperfect people. But it needs prayer and we need to have a bigger picture and we need to value it and protect the church. And trust that churches in our community grow. Trust that every church now, I trust, this is my prayer, that, that church, the, the church in South Africa, would be 10 times bigger in 10 years' time. And I mean, at the, I'm not praying just for us. and There's not even a thought just for us at all. I haven't even thought about that. I've been thinking about the church. And so I'm praying for pastors. I'm praying for churches to get stronger. I'm praying for core groups to get stronger. Dream teams to get stronger across our country. And the church grows and the country's changed in Jesus' name. It's the only group Jesus said, sorry, it's the only thing on earth that, that will last forever. Ephesians 3 verse 21, glory will belong to God and His church and in Christ Jesus for all time and eternity. You know, there's many temporary things you can build, but why don't you build what's going to last forever, His church? It's the only group Jesus said would succeed. Matthew 16 verse 18, Jesus said, I'll build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I want you to think about that statement. He says, I will build my church. At the front end, I told you when Jesus died, you received the forgiveness of Jesus. He calls you a child of God and he calls you the church. When he says, I will build my church, he's talking about you. Because you, his church. He's not talking about a building or organization or institution. He's talking about you. He says, I will build my church. He said, You are my family, you're my church. The church is the people. What a blessing. And he says, you will succeed because I will build it and the greats of hell will not prevail against the church. You are the church. So value value your your church. Value your opportunity to be in a church. And lastly, before I move on to my final points, the greatest privilege in life is to be part of God's church. If there's anything you take away, I trust that that's what you take away. This is what Scripture says, because you are, I'm of a different opinion. Well, this is God's Word, God's opinion. One, um, Not even His opinion, it's God's wisdom. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. It's a massive privilege. And I will encourage you, if you're visiting and you are in a church, please walk into your church and with a... with with understanding it, it's a massive privilege that you get to be part of this family. If you move town, I encourage you to go to that town and find a church and and get yourself planted in it. It's a huge privilege. Um, If you don't feel that this is the church for you, our goal for you is that you find that church because everyone needs to experience the privilege of being in a local church. It's the best thing ever. You know, I came here, I grew up in a very traditional church, and I came here when I was 16 first, but actually only 17 started attending, and I loved it, and I haven't left since. I'm turning 45 this year, and by God's grace, I still feel the same way. I walk in here, I go, I'm a son of God, what an awesome privilege to be part of this church. That's how I feel. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want the world to knock that out of me. I don't want to be over a different opinion. Ah, oh man, it's just the church. They're more bigger. There's bigger things in life. You know what I mean? If I just get my education sorted, then I'm really going to be tops. Without God, we're nothing. But you do all your hard work and be diligent. And then you add that to, to having God in your life. You're unstoppable. But, but you understand, it's like, it's like the prophet. Um, he says, God, you know, it's, I'm the only one. And with God, he forgot that if it was just him and God, he's in the majority. You know what I mean? If it's just you and God, you're in the majority. Um, because God is everything, He's all you need. Don't miss it. It's a huge privilege to serve Him and that He lets you be part of His family. So I want to encourage you to value the opportunity to build healthy relationships. That God it gives you when it comes to being part of a church. It's a massive privilege and it's powerful. When you come into unity, there's a huge blessing on your life. There's huge benefits. Um, It says in Psalm Psalm 133 verse one, how wonderful and pleasant is it when brothers live together in harmony. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even everlasting life. Other Scriptures say He commands a blessing where there is unity. I want to encourage you to not overlook the opportunity to get into unity in a local church. To find a church where you can be in unity, where God can command a blessing that no person can stop. That no economy can stop. Let, let God command a blessing because you decide I'm going to get into unity with a local church. What a privilege that God has said I am part of His family. Of course, in unity, God can, that blessing makes the impossible possible. That's what God does. He, there's an anointing. There's a, God can do the impossible and, and And you know, for your marriage, maybe you're going you know my my marriage feels impossible. Well let God, you can do the impossible, come into the center of your marriage where you, you actually get into unity in church, um, even in your marriage, find, find something that you both are for, and, and trust God to pour out his blessing. The, the other benefit of unity is unity is the greatest witness. Scripture says they'll know. That you're my disciples by the way you love each other. You you don't imagine not only. For us to be in unity, what a powerful witness it is but but imagine when we 're cheering on the other church in the community when people talk about the church, hey, find one you, you don't have to, there's a, but but imagine what a witness that 's going to be when we 're actually backing the church in this country, no matter who that 's the church let 's pray for them let 's trust God they grow let 's pray they get healthier let 's be for the church growing imagine the testimony people because how many times have the people ran to the church and meet met Christians and then they found out that they're like fighting with their neighbor, like, you know, um, you know we, we want to get more people and and, and we want to get bigger than you. Like, you know what I mean? That just confuses people. But we're the church. We're for each other. We, we want it to grow. So based on the, the truth that you're supposed to be in a relationship, that God gives us the church to have relationship, relationship with Him and relationship with people, and that there's huge blessings as we come into a unity in those relationships, what do we need to do? You guys have heard me say this before, but it's pretty simple. Unity begins with you. Unity begins with you. You know, a lot of times, Andre, I'll I'll get involved. I'll get unified if they do this, and then I will respond. (laughs) Now, you understand, unity begins with you. You need to move. And because I got a revelation of the church at a young age, and because I saw that there was so much power in the church, I even learned at a young age, I'd rather be anointed than just right. And what I mean by that is, sometimes I can be, have the opinion that differs to some people, but God's put certain people in place. And at that point, they had, they had to carry the weight, like the blood's on their hands, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I would pray together, we discuss it. And then they'd say, I really feel this. i say, great, we're going, I'm with you. Where there's unity, there's an anointing. But there's so many people who'd rather be right and isolated than actually be anointed in unity. And they, they're so caught up in their own opinions and, and their own way. And, and, and you and I need to find one common denominator that we're for and actually put everything into it. Unity begins with you. And you need to take a step into being in unity. Don't wait. The problem is when we wait for the perfect conditions, we realize there's no perfect condition. It's like the, they say the, the person who looks at the weather they never sow a seed, and they never reap or harvest. And and I, I think it's the same with people are looking for that church. They actually are always looking. They you know church hopping, waiting for the next count to, You know, I'm gonna see it, but, but they never see what God can do. You know, um, I always think of Samuel. Uh, he's in Eli in the temple. Eli's sons were were dodgy, and Eli knew that his sons were not like they were doing some dodgy stuff, next level dodgy stuff, and And Eli, Samuel reaches his destiny in Eli's church. I always remembered that when I was young. Not that I ever thought that that my leaders were like Eli. I just realized that what God says happens in his church is so powerful. I want to be involved in it. I'm not going to get caught up in always pointing fingers and because I could find millions of reasons to leave the church but I just needed to find one reason to stay planted and just push through so I saw it's a huge privilege God says if I'm planted I'll flourish I'm going to serve this church there are human beings in this church who make a mistake I'm not caught up in that God knows we'll do it I'm going to be unified to build this church yes we're not going to be unaccountable I mean, we're going to be accountable we're going to grow but I'm not going to just let things get in my way I've met I met so many people who've walked away from God's plan. I'm going to decide to get planted. Unity is going to begin with me. I'm going to be in unity. I'm going to build. Come on there. I'm backing you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it with you. I'm going to show up. And, and we need to be people. You know, when you, can, I have a, can I have the worship team up? If you want to lose momentum in your life, If you have any momentum in your life right now and you want to lose it, become an individual. Become self-focused. You want to find that's one of the the ultimate momentum breakers. You'll be blown away. Or get into wrong relationships. You can be very talented and your character is formed in an unhealthy way because of wrong relationships and your life implodes. You have success, you're all alone, your life implodes. You want to break the momentum on your life? Get alone. Become an individual. Be me focused. You want to get some momentum in your life? Teamwork makes the dream work. Get onto a team. Decide I'm going to be in unity. I'm going to actually move towards relationship. Connect with other people. So I'm going to give you two things quickly. Number one, take a step into relationship step towards relationship of course we have view groups we say this you you learn in a row but you grow in a circle you must remember that people learn the most when they discuss something they they don't learn the most when they listen I'd love to think that your life is changing radically as I preach and yes God can do that as I do it so I don't want to downplay his role but I realize I'm not that good but I also I do know that as people speak in a circle, that's when they really grow. And God wants you to start to discuss His Word. He wants you to fan, you, the, you encourage each other, fan the gifts into flame. He wants you to get into a circle. Even as you do it, in those relationships, that's where you end up finding freedom. See, God saves you. Then He brings people into your life to bring healing into your life. And he's never going to bypass people in your healing process. You, you can fool yourself. Your your next step is always connected to someone. That God's got a plan. He actually brings people into your life, and that, he wants you to see it. The Phil Pringle says this: I've got 10% of my destiny inside of me, and the 90 the rest of the 90% is in the rest of this auditorium here. And and the, the re, so what it does is it causes me to pursue relationship because my destiny is wrapped up in it. It's wrapped up in relationships. So I get into a circle. You know, my life, um, I found it's in that circle, people encouraged me. I didn't even realise. They were like prophesying. People say you're going to be involved in leadership. I said, you're smoking something, bro. Like, let me have my coffee for few group. Leave me alone. But that guys would call, you know, you should be involved in leadership. You should be doing this. And I was like, I was 19. I was like, okay. I honestly didn't know what they were on about. But God was using. They were just speaking to me and they were encouraging me and, and And so you end up reaching your destiny and finding freedom. The circle makes the biggest difference. Chris Hodges says this, people may not remember the last five sermons that they've heard, but they will remember the last five people that they've connected with. See what I what I learned from that is you you think Andre the worship team and you you're gonna you're gonna change the world No no you're gonna change the world You are the big people you're the people who people remember people don't remember this message as much as they remember you connecting with them they remember you in view group they remember you praying for them they remember you being a friend to them That's the real change That's the power of the church and then it says, therefore confess your sins, James 5 and 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And of course it's in that circle that God provides people you can trust. You don't just go and tell, you know what I mean? You just go meet the first person, just pour the weight of your sin on them. Hey, I did this, I did this, I'm struggling. And they're like, sheesh. Okay. No, no, you meet somebody you can trust and then you pray. And it says you'll be healed. So I encourage you to take a step into relationship. The, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is Step on to team, dream team. That's what we call it. We call it our dream teamers. Teamwork does make the dream work. You and I are called to love God by serving people. We serve God by serving people. That's the only way you can serve God. You can't just serve. You know, a lot of people, I'm just serving God. I'm just doing it. God, I'm do this. Is, <laughs> you have to serve people. You've got to serve God. You know I mean like you, sometimes we like to keep it in the air like that? No, no, I'm just serving God. What are you doing? I'm just like, a, I'm just. No, no, no. You can only serve God by serving people. That's how God's made it. And so, so we encourage you to join the dream team. The cool thing about it is you do become like the people you spend time with. So, so, so why don't you serve with people who also want to serve? And serve God with people who also want to serve God. Serve people with people who also want to serve people. But you and I need to join a team. The commitment to a team actually helps us reach our destiny. And I encourage you, when you do it, you're actually making your life part of something bigger. I think our biggest problem in today's world is people are so obsessed with their destiny, they've made their life part of something smaller. And you know how you overcome it? You serve God's plan, the church, and you make your life part of something bigger. And so when small things come your way to knock you off your path, you realize, no, no, my eyes are set on heaven. This temporary thing is not going to knock me off. And we live in a world where people are actually focused on very small things. They think it's big. Look at me, follow me on social media, look at what I'm doing. It's a very small life when you are the only one at the center of it. But I promise you, when you live others-focused, you live for God's kingdom and glory, and you serve you serve Him, your life becomes big. It says the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. The world of the stingy self-focused gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Don't be fooled when your life dwindles down and becomes tiny when you are living for yourself. But when you live for others, your life will become massive, and God will expand it, and He'll bless it. Why don't you guys quickly stand up? So you call for relationships. There's huge benefit in relationships. God's provided the church for those relationships. When we get into unity with the church, it's a huge blessing. Unity begins with you. So why don't you step towards a group, step towards your relationship, few groups, and step towards team. You can do growth track, discover your purpose. Two great days. The day you're born, day you discover why you're born. But you and I need to take a step because it begins with us. So right now, I want you just to thank God for His church, that we get to belong to His church. Why don't you just thank God for the privilege of being born again, the privilege of being His children, that He has decided before He created the earth that He wanted us to be part of His family. Before He created anything on this planet, He thought of us first being part of His family. He thought of the church. He thought of us being in the church. Before, He created the most beautiful sunset, mountain range, waterfall, beautiful ocean. He thought of us being part of the church. What an awesome privilege that we were the first ones on His mind. The church. Us as his family. We're the apple of his eye. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us, that you're for us. God wants to bless you, He wants to prosper you. So He calls you to healthy practice, He calls you to journey with Him and to not be isolated. It says, People who isolate themselves rage against all wisdom. So why would you rage against all wisdom? Why don't you get yourself a team? The enemy's plans for you to be isolated and disunity. God's plan for you is to be in community and in some unity. Community brings about unity. God wants to pour out His blessing on your life. God wants to do more in your life that you can hope, dream or imagine. God wants to anoint you. There'll be an ease, there'll be a grace to do what you're called to. It's gonna be in unity. It's actually been others' focus. It's not just about self. God's gonna do the miraculous. If you dare to step out, and start to live for more than yourself, you will experience what it means to really live. You'll start to live that life you've dreamt of. We we wrote it, the happiest people got great friends and great purpose. But we know the happiest people know their God. They're strong, they do great exploits. They got great friends, they got great purpose. What a blessing to be part of your church. If you're in this place, And maybe you haven't even started your relationship with God. Or maybe you drifted. Maybe if I asked you, who's driving your car? Who's driving your life? Who's got the steering wheel of your life? You'd say, Andre, I've got the steering wheel. And I would say to you, is it stressful? Are you worn out? I know why it is. Because only Jesus is the one who knows how to drive that wheel. Jesus, take the steering wheel. Jesus, be at the centre of my life. Jesus, will you be the Lord of my life, the leader of my life? before you get there you of course have to ask him to forgive you of your sins it says there's a wage on all of our life the wage is um, is the price for our sins and the price of sin is death but Jesus says I've come to give you life and life to the full come to give you eternal life and he pays the price for our sins scripture says those who call on his name will be saved scripture says if we confess that we sinners. He's faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sins. I want to lead you in a prayer where you ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to take the steering wheel of your life. If you want me to include you in that prayer, I'd love to have the privilege of including you and and lead you in that prayer. If that's you, just with every eye closed, just give me a word. So that's me, Actually,